Hello, my name is Joshua Crocker. And I'm Kevin Liston. And this is Kicking for a Living. A podcast about martial arts and business from two martial arts instructors. And I am really excited uh, because this time we have a guest on. Uh, we have Deborah. Uh, Deborah Holmes here. Uh, we've actually worked with her. She, she works, trains at our school. She's trained several other places, but we're really excited. We've been talking about having a guest since conception of this podcast. Um, and so that'd be really, really cool. Um, but, uh, we're also going to be talking about some cool things. What are we going to be talking about today, Joshua? Uh, today we'll be building the perfect dojo. Before we get into that though, uh, Deb, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How about you guys? I'm wonderful. Yeah. Doing great. It was a great day of teaching classes. Absolutely. I'm working out. So, uh, so Deb, since you're with us, why don't you kind of, uh, tell everyone, uh, Kind of your martial arts journey, just real quick. How long you've been doing it, where, rank, all that good stuff. Okay, well, I have been a martial artist for over 30 years. And I started out in Arkansas Living Defense Martial Arts. And I'm a fifth degree black belt under Danny Drang. And I moved over here about mm -hmm. 10 years ago. Took me a few years, but I finally found integrity. Um, because <laughs> well, you're glad in, you did. Yep, and I'm certainly glad I did. Um, I like the philosophy that... Master Dring always had was that, you know, you just integrate. You use BJJ, you, you use Muay Thai, you use boxing, you know, you use wrist locks. Anything and everything to put in in your, you know, arsenal of knowledge. Um, so when I came here, I finally found you guys, and you used that magic word called integrated, and I went, oh my goodness, I must go and find out about this. <laughs> so that's kind of how I got hooked up with you guys the last few years uh well we're really happy you did and, and i gotta say just from my perspective um it's really humbling because technically you're of of the three of us the highest rank but we've always said we can learn from each other so mm -hmm. you still learn from me even though technically you're a higher rank i still learn from you we all still learn from joshua and so i think that's really important to be able to learn from one another um which is part of you know this podcast is we're here to give knowledge so everyone can learn from one another. Um, we can all grow here. So I've been Absolutely. really I've been really excited to have you on. Thank you cool. very much. And yeah, it's great working with you, Deb, uh, as another instructor at this school. Do you even want to? I, I know you're in charge of one of the classes at our school. Uh, how's that been going? Ah, the women's kickboxing program. It's it's going really really well. Um, this past six months, I have put you know they've been just more than what three, four, five new members. And yes. so I'm pretty excited about that. That program is growing. Um, it's one of my passions. I absolutely love to teach women kickboxing and self-control. And it's not the regular we do kickboxing with music. We have partners. Mm -hmm. We hit pads. We hit mitts. We do core work in between. And so they're encouraged to spar not only one another, but they're also encouraged to go into a spar class with all the other students, adult students, and spar there as well. My philosophy when it comes to that is you won't ever know how to handle the situation unless you kind of sort of practice mm -hmm. that situation. And understanding how to move when somebody's trying to kick or punch you in the face is probably a really good thing to know. <laughs> well, and I, and I know when... Uh, yeah. Because we were we were talking a lot of what you've done with these ladies, we're going to implement into our core program. Because you know they come into sparring and they're just you know whooping up on all the other people, or at least holding their own from high ranks, just because that's all they've done. 
day one, they've learned how to they learned how to spar, they learned how to fight, and man, it is so important to give them a safe environment where they can train and feel comfortable. And so, I appreciate Absolutely. that you do that. Thank you. Of course. And <clears throat> excuse me, one thing watching your your class, Miss Deb, is we we have two mat spaces, and one the mat space you get a lot during the week is the smaller mat side, just because mm-hmm. the way our schedule works, which, uh, as you've been growing, you're, you've been running out of room over there. So <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> it's really exciting that at the moment, as we're recording this episode, we are getting ready to move to a new building in our school in a couple months. Uh, over twice as big as our current place. We'll have much more mat room, space for other things in our dojo. So as I think it's appropriate, as we're getting ready to move, our business, our dojo, up the street to a bigger place. Let's build our perfect dojo. I mean, if you've got to start from scratch, build your dream dojo, <laughs> all the things in, all the things you want, and why, what would it look like? Well, and I think this will also be interesting because the, I have to step out because we're, we're instructors, and so we're going to say things that we want, but what are things that our students would want or parents would want that we wouldn't have... So I'm going to try to put myself in both mindsets as I do this to build a perfect dojo that, that accommodates all parties. Um, and we'll, we'll see what we come up with. We'll see how much we agree or disagree wise and go from there. So since we got three of us, I'll think, I think we'll do it this way. We'll go around in a circle, giving our you know first thing on our list, working it down until we've got you know around 12, 15 things in our dojo. We'll see, we'll see how far we get. So we'll, we'll start with you, Miss Deb. What is the number one thing, if you could build a dojo, you would want? I want hanging heavy bags. And there's a specific reason. Uh, I like hanging heavy bags. You don't have to move anything. They're right there. They're very inviting. You put on a pair of gloves and you just walk up to it. But I also like it because when you kick it or hit it, a lot of times you'll get a little swing. With that. Okay. And then all of a sudden now, my timing comes into play. When do I punch it? When do I kick it? Right. And how, and, and that helps me in my sparring when I'm sparring a, a real person is their movement, their body coming, stepping back, moving forward, moving side to side. It helps me with that timing. And so that's why I love a heavy bag. Well, and I've seen a lot of the Muay Thai bags now that are hanging, but they, they, they're intended to scrape the floor mm-hmm. so they don't move as much. And so I, I was curious if you wanted that or the ones that swing. And it sounds like you want the ones that swing. I would like the ones that swing, but low enough that you can practice calf strikes. Yes, yeah. Oh. You know, or even ankle picks. We got those new bags at our dojo that they don't hang, but they kind of sway a bit if you don't hit them too hard. And you can kick them low. I like, I like using those bags for the same reason they move. The problem is they're super easy to knock down. So it's good for kids. Yeah, yes. I will say that. They're and great beginners. for kids. I could definitely People see the hanging bag giving you some of the same benefits of those bags, mm-hmm. but you don't have to worry about them falling over. Right. And that's why I like them. And, you know, strength. I, yeah, the, the new bags, it, it gives a beginner a feeling of accomplishment to kick that bag over. Yep. I have to admit, being a smaller fighter or sparrer, it gives me great feeling to kick that bag over. What? <laughs> you're, you're what, like three foot two? About that size. <laughs> Compared to uh, some of you, yes, I'm about that size. So so I certainly understand being a smaller fighter and being able to get a bag to actually mm-hmm. kick over. 
Interesting. So that's kind of, that's that builds my, you know, confidence in myself, and I get to go, yoo I kicked the bag over. So I get pretty excited in class. All right. Hanging bags. We'll, we'll go this way, so I'll go next here. Perfect. Um, so I don't think this will come as a surprise to you two here with me, obviously, the people listening. Um, but mat space. A good size, solid mat space and mat. That I feel like, you know, if bare minimum you have a mat space to train on, you're good. Now, have I seen schools that have trained like on carpet and on concrete? Yeah, but we can't integrate, as you've said, as much if we don't have something soft for people to land on for training, takedowns, and ground. And sure. so, my number one thing. I, I want a good size solid mat space. You give me that, I'm happy. I can work around most other things. I want to add on to yours a bit, just on the size of this mat space. I would also want a mat space that's big enough for a lot of events held. So if you had like a big belt ceremony where you expect most of your mm. students at, that they could all fit in at your uh, on that main mat space. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that because. That's why I said a good size, because you'll see a lot of gyms, they'll have a mat, it's a small mat, and so same problem. The dev might run into, classes can fill up real fast, sure. and if someone comes in and they're new and they see classes already crowded, it, you can't grow. You need a mat space that you can grow on, and that you can have everyone there, have that camaraderie, have that community, everyone can be on this same big mat space, um, and keep it clean. I, it, I, I don't know if it's a requirement to have... You know, as the building, but if good mat space and the cleaning supplies to keep it clean. There you Absolutely. go. <laughs> there, there, there. Qualified. So we you, clean our mats. If you've got a brand new mat space. Make sure you got some mops as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh boy. I'll, awesome. bu- I'll build off yours even more. Of my, uh, my pick. That's going to be two decent sized mats. So they don't need to be as big as your main mat, but I want two full sized other mats so you can have multiple classes going on. Even like on mornings like today, when we're finishing up our basics class and we're getting ready to start our intermediate and advanced level classes, you can have some of those students already ready to go on one side, you know, on the mats. It's less crowded. They're all both in their places. Mm-hmm. It smooth things out and you can have the instructor in charge of that class already going over there to start class as they're wrapping up, keep things smooth. Uh, so I would say... At least two more uh, full-size to decent-size mat spaces. Now, on that, I know it's not part of the building, but because you brought that up, does that mean that your ideal dojo, I know it's not the building, would have multiple head instructors to start? So, when building the perfect dojo, absolutely. But I also, I mean, if we're we're getting into the nitty-gritty of the business side... You've got to realize you're not going to be building your perfect dojo day one. Day you one, gotta yeah. Your okay. Business. So I think even if you're starting a business from square one, you should at least have two instructors. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely, if not three. Uh, not to say, I mean, you you can always start just yourself, and we know plenty of people who started just them. Sure. Uh, but having two helps a lot because having a night off is good every once in a while. <laughs> Help. Having days off. People get sick. People get sick, yeah. You gotta you wanna be able to have that other instructor who can handle things. Even if you got a problem during class, 
that you need someone else to handle. Having two people is good. Even more is better. So I imagine as we're building this perfect building, this perfect dojo, we're looking at a place that has at least five or six instructors who can be running classes regularly. Right. This would not be the starter dojo. This is the the perfect dojo. You're established. You've got the clients. You've got the student base. You've got, yeah. And now we're, we're building it to spec. Right. And I also think you're going to have your high ranks, especially adults or teenagers, stepping up in leadership positions that can certainly assist all your head instructors in a larger class. I agree. Um, it's hard just being one instructor in front of 30 or 35 students. Or 40 or 50 or whatever. <laughs> so it's really nice to have at least one other person there who understands the basics of what you're doing that can assist you in that. And then you're also raising up somebody else to be able, if they choose to, to take that journey to be an instructor. I think a right. good rule of thumb, and this is going to vary depending on dojo, but you should have at least twice as many leadership slash assistant students as you do instructors is that that two to four three to six yeah is that that'll reflect your however many instructors you have should reflect your student count the more instructors you can have on staff the more students you likely have and the more students and instructors you have the more assistance you need and if you don't have many assistants it shows me that you don't care about building up the next level of leadership. And um, even besides just the fact it helps you when teaching class to have leaders, it's important that you're taking your time to grow your students and put in the investment in them to build them as leaders as well. Mm -hmm. So I think for every instructor you have, you should have about, I'd say, two leadership slash assistant level people as well. So you've got... You've got all your instructors. You've got all the students. We've gone through our first round. So, Deb. Back to you. Back, back to you. You, you. We've got our hanging bags in right. your perfect dojo. What's the next thing you want? I want pads on the wall. And, the, and here's the reason. There's two reasons, actually. It helps you not have to replace sheetrock, number one. Okay, so <laughs> you mean like a wall, wall pads. Yeah, they're on the wall. They're padded. Also, it makes it safer. And a lot more comfortable if you're doing self-defense against the wall. Um, or if you're sparring, if I want to, quote, herd you and get you up against the wall and mm -hmm. practice how do I get off that wall in a defensive way. This is great. You were giving me a lot of things that just for me, because of our different experience, I love and I've been to schools that have, but are far lower on my list. Where's they're at the top of your list? And now, of course, I'm thinking when we get our new facility, like, hmm, down the road, I can put bags on this wall because we can't, I can put bags in the small mat space, small, sure. the other mat space, there's a space for those, so I like it. Well, well, thank you, and I think part of it is simply is because as a woman, where am I going to feel the most trapped? Up against the wall. Against, pinned against the wall. You know, and being a very small woman, I'm going to be, feel really, really intimidated by somebody who's six foot four and weighs 225. Right, because you're three foot two as we determined. That's here. right. And <laughs> trust me, I feel that way when I'm up against the wall because it's a very precarious position to be. And Clarify, she's not only three foot two, just one throw that out. We're like yeah, four right. foot two. Four <laughs> yeah, foot yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. We're slowly getting up there. You know, but 
and in most cases, for a woman in a self-defense situation, it most likely is a choke. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I have my women practice that against the wall a lot. And so I think it would be more comfortable. We can't go really super hard because I don't want to be replacing sheetrock. <laughs> we have a few dents. You know, and that always happens, if, especially if somebody's doing judo, if somebody's doing wrist locks and throws, you get too close to the wall, somebody just puts their foot through it. Right. Uh, happens all the time. It definitely make me feel better as the attacker, you know, the bigger guy pushing you up against the wall. Because you're scary. I mean, you're going to take my head and slam me into the wall. Well, and then there's that. At so least it'll be padded. Your, your instructor and attacker will also, you know, you don't have to go as soft with them because you don't have to be as concerned about Correct. their safety, which lets you get better training in Absolutely. return as right. well. It, you know, it's, like a, it. it's a safety it's a safety piece, but it's also going to save my sheetrock. Cool. Awesome. Uh, so another one of mine, and this one is... Now we're getting a little bit outside of the training, and I've always said this, is showers. Uh, oh, man. I didn't that think... That would be nice. Mm-hmm. Like, in my ideal dojo, this is my ideal dojo, I would love to have showers. And it's not always for the students. I don't expect the students to always, you know, be able to take a shower. But at the end of a night, when I've been teaching for three, four, five, six hours... Mm-hmm. I mean, I want to go home and crash. So if I can do a quick shower there, come home and relax, or if I need to, I can do a quick shower because, when, especially arts like jiu-jitsu or wrestling, when you start rolling around, you get sweaty and gross. So if you go work with another student in another class and your shirt or your rash guard or your gi is sweaty and gross, you can change that, but you're still sweaty. It would just be nice to have... A shower. Good private shower with hot water. <laughs> hot water tank should work. Um, to rinse off and clean off. Uh, also, students, a lot of students are mechanics or engineers. They work and, you know, their job or they're outside, they're mowing lawns. They could come to the dojo. They could clean off before classes. That way they're not coming in sweaty or they don't feel embarrassed. You know, they still have the right to train even though their job is you know kind of manual intensive so i think showers would be sure. really nice to have and especially after when somebody says hey let's go grab a bite to eat and i'm i'm always in the back of my mind going i'm <laughs> i hope the restaurant waiter doesn't get too close <laughs> <laughs> right. you know it was like ooh, finished class be, yeah finished day fin- classes want to go out for yeah. lunch yeah yeah uh-huh you know we've been there all day we've been doing three or four or five classes and now you want let's go out to lunch it's <laughs> like uh okay yeah. <laughs> let me rinse off a little bit yeah yes that, that for those nice. reasons like that would that. be nice that would be nice i'm gonna cheat a little bit and combo my next one because they're related is I think you need a seating area for parents to watch class, especially Mm -hmm. on your main mats. Mm -hmm. If you can get it on those other two I brought up last time, great. But especially for the main mat. Then in addition, I want a connected or separate room from your seating area. That's like a study room where you got a couple tables out for those kids who are there longer in the day, maybe have some time between classes to Mm. work on stuff, or even for younger brothers and sisters of kids in class where they can go, you know, if they need a, something else to do because they've got a lot of energy, they can go somewhere else and we can have, you know, puzzles, games, books for them in there 
or they can bring their own activities so they're not causing a ruckus in the seating area for the parents watching class. I, I like that. So essentially mm-hmm. it's it's more than just parent seating. I think that that fairly standard, you want a place for parents to seat, but it's more of a designated area for parents, a designated area for students or siblings. Um, especially, and I think that you bring this up as a good point today, I think Deb and I, we were talking about this earlier. The society is very different today than martial arts schools 20, 30 years ago. You know, they're getting picked up from school and coming straight to classes, but they need time to do their homework and things like that. But mm-hmm. this works better. So, yes, I I like that. I like that answer. I like that for a And I always want to encourage students to take the time to, you know, invest in either their schoolwork or their training outside of just when they're at school or on the mats. So this could be, you know, I feel like there's a lot of uses in a study room area besides just Mm -hmm. homework. This is a place students can go to, you know, make notes from classes or it's a place where as instructors we can go to have meetings before or after classes. Uh, Stretch out before class. Stretch out uh, anything. It's a very, well, it's a study room. It's kind of your versatile room as well, your multi-purpose room. You know, and sometimes it's not, you know, we can assume that they, we may have a couple of students who are older, who are still maybe in, in junior high or high school, and right. they're really good at a particular subject. If one of the kids comes in and goes, hey, I need help with biology, well, there might be somebody there who could also help with that, could walk in if we have a designated mm-hmm. place and say, oh, you have a question about that? Let me sit down and help you. It's one of those trying to build a community. And then if there's a need from that community, that we somehow are able to address that. No, not all of them we're not going to be able to address, of course. But I think in my perfect world, it would be great if the older kids help the little kids yeah. with some of their homework. I mean, I'm usually busy working, teaching classes, but I'd absolutely, if a kid brought me homework and wanted to work on it together, sit down a few minutes with them, look it over. Just having that different person, especially, you know, different than parents, to work sure. with. Sometimes you don't want to work on homework with parents. Uh, you live with them, you see them all the time, and you love them, but you want that other teacher role to help you out. Sure. And I think as those younger students look up to their to us as their teachers, and that would definitely be a benefit from them to have someone else to help them if they could. Well, and having that space plays off what you said earlier, Joshua, mm-hmm. where you know if you have three instructors and six assistants yeah it's those six assistants that are really going to be able to sit down with the kids or sit down with that person to to help them out we have gosh um dan stripling john white all at the top of my head all former high school teachers Mm -hmm. um and then even you know bridget did sub i've done substitute teaching at elementary school level as well as he like so there's a lot of education opportunity there and so having a room designated for them to be able to do that among other things is a really really great idea makes it easier to accommodate the need yep so awesome all right Uh, round three back to you deb oh well oh i would love to have it's what i call a headache bag or headache ball it's got a bungee cord from the top to the top of the ball Mm -hmm. or the punching and then from the bottom to the floor. And when you hit oh, it, yes. it comes. you either keep your hands up or you move your head 
or you get smacked in the face. And that's <laughs> one, but that's one of the training things that Master Drang had in his, and he has a very small school, by the way. But you learned if you punch, it comes. You learn to dodge that, or you just, as I said, get smacked in the face. You either block it or you move your head. And so, head movement. And Kevin and I were talking about this earlier. Head movement for almost 95%, I'm guessing here, but a large percentage of martial artists is difficult to get down and do yes. well. Yes. Oh, yeah. Any kind of thing you can have to help someone move their head. <laughs> sure. I like it. Me included. And so I'm, I'm seeing a theme here, Deb. A lot of yours are designed around a very, almost a boxing or Muay Thai gym. Mm-hmm. Um, they may not have padded walls. Most of them probably do nowadays. Um, but a lot of it's designed around maximizing their training for fighting and self-defense. Sure. Um, which is great. That's definitely your background. Yeah, and that's the one thing as I've gotten older, and and you guys are still young, both of you, but you will learn that as you go through the years and the decades that you have to reinvent yourself. Mm-hmm. And that you have to look at what you're doing and how it plays into your everyday life. I'm in that phase. Yeah, and <laughs> and at my at my age, at 67, I certainly can't run like I did in high school. I can't sprint a 440. And so, what I need to do is, how do I get out of a situation very quickly, very cleanly, very effectively, so that I can get myself someplace safe? I agree. I'm... It just dawned on me that this is the first time you've introduced your age, um, nah. which I am just, I want to throw out that I am in awe <laughs> at your age that you are doing this and seeing how well you move and take hits and give hits, like, at inspiration. Well, thank you. But I've told you every time we've talked about it and Joshua as well, the only reason I can do this is that I've kept doing it and I haven't stopped. Didn't stop. I didn't just decide, oh, I'm a black belt and I quit. I realized and understood that it was a lifelong journey and a lifelong path, and which changes as you go along, as it should. I love it. So, on my next one, I'm up next, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I have a couple here. I'm going to go with this one first. I'm actually going to steal this one uh, from my wife, Bridget, and that is, I wouldn't say this would be my perfect dojo, but I definitely understand the need for it, and I feel like it needs said adequate parking. <clears throat> that it was one of those I overlooked for a long time, and I was like, ah, people will figure it out. But man, when you watch kids and adults leaving your school, leaving the dojo, especially if you're in a shopping center, lots of schools are now, kids running across parking lots and things like that, you need adequate space you need good visibility plenty of parking that way you don't have cars blocking other cars cars having trouble getting by you know you don't have the drop off parents come drop their kid off and leave um so having adequate parking as part of the building makes those things easier you can have a lot easier transitions between classes it's less chaotic, safer for the kids. Just the other day, I was doing a private lesson, and the guy I was working with literally just looked up and said, Oh, no! And I had no idea what, what was happening, so I dart and 
two cars in our parking lot. One was backing out, one was speeding through a drive-through out of it, and they inches from colliding, right in front of our doors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even think they were our students, but just having adequate parking is safety, in my opinion, for these for people in sure. general. You reminded me of a another thing on my wish list if you're dead, uh, but I think it's relating the parking lot is like a outside grassy area. So I want, or not even you know, grassy area, but some sort of field, picnic area, mini park, whatever you want to call it. But I want some sort of outside area that you could have maybe a couple benches at that for events. You could have people eating at. Or you could have a training area outside when it's nicer out. It's definitely not been the case lately. It's been so hot out the last few weeks. <laughs> but as we get closer to fall weather, mm-hmm. like there's going to be some really nice days. And I don't know how you would utilize that in your you know day-to-day classes. But just being able to go outside and practice every once in a while would be great. So even if that area was fenced off, so you, if you could like let some of the older kids just go out there and practice before class... Um, and not to worry about anything, something along those lines. And with that, mm-hmm. appropriate amount of, you know, flora, trees, just all around, including in your parking lot. Uh, my favorite parking lots are the ones that have, you know, trees in them because it offers shade for your cars when it is so hot out, and it just makes it look nicer. So with your adequate parking and parking lot, I would sprinkle in some trees out there as well. And so I, just nice outside no, I love amenities. It. And so I, I, I'm noticing this theme here. And of course, I would also like to say that I too would love to have hanging bags and mats on the wall and an outdoor area. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's like I, we're trying not to overlap. I think we all agree that these are all great things. But it's interesting to see, Deb, like I said, you are focused on how can I train better. I'm focused on how can I make a safe and good experience. Um, and then Joshua is focused on how can we get the community and everyone involved and, and adequate places for everyone. And this this is what builds a perfect dojo. Uh, and so I like how we're each having kind of different themes, but we're also, you know, thinking of different things yeah. here. No, sure. I, I've got all these listed together and it seems like a, a great place to train at and there's i still got some more ideas before we go into round four i'll uh, I'll read them off for you deb we've got hanging heavy bags uh good main mat space and then two uh extra mat spaces pads on the wall showers uh seating area slash study area Uh, was it a headache bag that's what you call it yeah i call it a headache bag headache bag (laughs) adequate parking and then outside amenities so what do you want to add on for number 10? You know, this is being a little selfish, but but it's okay because I think sometimes as instructors, we do need to take a break. We need to step away from the mat. And so I would love, love to have kind of sort of a kitchen. Not that I'm a gourmet cook by any means. I've spent too many years mm-hmm. and time in the dojo to be any kind of good cook. But something that has a nice refrigerator, there's a kitchen table, there is a microwave, or a toaster, or something. We don't have to full-blown stove. But somewhere that you can grab a quick snack. Uh, if I'm running late, I can bring my lunch, and I can, you know, nobody else has to smell my lunch. I can go there, <laughs> you know, if you're eating, you know, bunches of onions or garlic. Um, but I also kind of 
kind of just a space that's just for the staff that we can step away from the mat uh, just for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, get a cold drink, whatever, and then come back on, on the mat. Because it's three or four classes back to back. That's, it's harder, we make it look easy, I think, guys, <laughs> but it's really, really hard to do that and to keep your enthusiasm up at a high, high level from one class to the other. Yep. It, just, it is, because we can't ever let our enthusiasm dip low, right? We're on agreement of that. We have to keep it up here. Well, that takes a lot of energy, and just sometimes I, I, one of us might just need a mental break to go there for five minutes, get a cold drink. Or just a yeah. drink, a drink in general. A drink in <laughs> cold, whatever. Just to, yeah. I haven't had any water in three hours. It is yeah. easy yeah. to forget to stay hydrated when you're teaching. Sure. Yeah, I've noticed that over the summer is, I'll drink plenty during the day, but once you get into teaching mode, I forget to drink water. Yeah, and, and we preach summer. it to our students. Well, we preach it to our students yep. because it's very, very important to do. Well, it's also very, very important for all of us to do. <laughs> Right. Sometimes at when you get in that teaching mode, we just don't. And so having a spot where we can go and just leave for three minutes, go get a drink, you know, right, and and come back. And I think that is beneficial. If I had a perfect dojo, right. I would have that for my staff. And I think you probably stole one of Joshua's right there because no, he's you, mentioned a kitchen. Yeah, you stole my next one. So I, I definitely agree with you. I think this is a great pick because. There are so many times when I want to bring something and like warm it up at the school uh, before classes, or be able to put something in the fridge and warm it up later. Uh, and it's, but this week that's been very clear. I, I was going up to get some extra work done this week, and there was times where I had no clue what I was going to eat for lunch unless I wanted to go out somewhere, unless, or I had to bring up peanut butter and jelly sandwich with me that morning. So, but having just be able to like bring some leftovers with me during the day, warm them up. Because we don't have a microwave right now. Mm-mm. Or even mm-hmm. Saturday morning, you mentioned a toaster, and it made me think, just making breakfast at the dojo on those early mornings, because Saturday morning breakfast is one of the trickiest meals to get in during the week. Mm-hmm. Because I wake up, <laughs> I've got to get my stuff ready to go, and either I sit down and eat breakfast before leaving, and then I'm there late, or I bring my breakfast with me, and then I'm trying to rush to finish my breakfast as getting ready for the day. So having that place where, you know, when we work such weird hours, such the time, be able to, you know, still have good meals during the week would be nice. Yeah. Well, that would be good because I always have a joke that I joke around with some of the kids that I'm going to hit them with the toaster. So if we had an actual toaster, I could, you know, be like, you're not going to do that. That one right there. And then I'll go unplug it. (laughs) I didn't. I would never. It's just a joke. Do we need we to get him a toy toaster for Christmas? Ooh, uh, like a plush toaster. Oh, yeah. that would be right. Because then I could actually like catch a guard up. <laughs> I'm going to have to look into this. Oh, I know, I think. Mr. Liston, hit me with a toaster. <laughs> it's a new saying. There's a t-shirt in there somewhere. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go, um, this isn't structural, but I think that much like the bags that you talked about, it is, it's a given. You've got to have some bags, targets, pads. Essentially good solid training equipment and i'm not talking student equipment like it's their job to get their sparring gear and it's for that but we need to have the appropriate hand mitts the appropriate heavy bags or light bags 
um, appropriate air shields, so big kicking pads, um, that are very versatile. <coughs> Whereas, excuse me, Deb's Thanks. training uh, bags were very specific for the type of training you want. Uh, uh, my Perfect Dojo has very versatile equipment, which we have right now, don't get me wrong, but I think that, that that's a necessity. I don't know, you can only, I could only get so far in good training. Um, those extra bags and things just help, helps manage classes, helps give the students the ability to really hit something and kick something hard without hurting themselves or others. Um, and so good, solid training Versatile training equipment. Wow. No, I think that's a very solid one. Uh, and adding the versatile in there, like different things, because it keeps it fresh in class and it makes sure you have the right equipment for every drill. Right. And uh, I would throw, and I didn't mention this, but like crash pads in there as well. That way you could roll out crash pads for Absolutely. throws and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you know, just good solid equipment. Because it depends on the school. Obviously, a jiu-jitsu, wrestling, judo school, they're probably going to mm-hmm. want some crash pads. But they don't need mitts. They don't do a lot of striking. Now, they might have some that might be good every now and then. But since we're integrated and we do, we need a lot of equipment. Um, and so having that available, that way I can always say, all right, we're working on this. Boom, this is the equipment that I need. Assistants, go grab it. Let's get our lines. Let's work with our students. And It's easy. It's accessible. It's right there. One thing that I so moving to mine, yep, that I really hope we can add in on our second mat space at our new building is a training area that's not on the mats. And what I picture as this is like a table with chairs that students can sit their notebooks on before class, encourage students to take notes from class, set up a TV over there. So whenever I'm working with a class like my competition group where we go back and watch videos and film from previous competitions and practices we can sit down watch on the tv together so to give students ways to learn and study besides just standing on the mats because we've always just done all our training on the mats but maybe having this small you wouldn't need much more like training area Mm -hmm. that is for that extra ways of training not unlike what I said earlier at the, the study area, but I picture this more like right next to the mats. You still want this near your mats so we can like watch something and then immediately jump up and go practice training on the mats again and then step off, finish what we're doing, take notes. So this would be really good. It'd be great for, you know, squad classes. This morning in squad class, we were, uh, all the students had their notebooks out and they were taking notes as we go. Uh, and it was great because it let them watch what we were training, take notes in their book kind of at the same time. So I pictured that. More training opportunities besides just moving around. So maybe like a, a, a TV that hangs that we could, you know, review video on that they can easily see from this space or from a mat space. Yes. So a training corner with TV oh, and table. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. And that would, just because I don't want to, I ha- I feel like I have to throw this out there as a given, we're going to have a space for students to put their gear, to put their shoes, to put their equipment, locker room-esque kind of area uh, and things like that. So I feel like maybe uh, something next to that or 
it's different than that is uh, essentially what yeah. I'm getting at. Like, I, that's a given. I think every dojo should have that, by the way. I think there's some given things we still haven't got to. So I say one more round with our, you know, special things we want, uh, and then kind of finish up with anything we've maybe missed that is just kind of a given. The, the lightning round. Yeah. The lightning bolt that Deb's going to have shaved in her head here in the week. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so one more round with your craziest want. Deb, you start us off. Uh, out in the lobby, I think that it would be cool to have at least one big TV with a split screen that's showing those two maps and what we're doing, the current class that's on it. Because I think when new people walk in and there it is, what do you do? Well, here's here's two classes up here, you know, on you know, on the TV. These are two that are happening right now. And I think that is a good selling point. I think it's entertainment. I think they go, oh, yeah, they're... And I think it sets the the note for we're technically pretty up there. I mean, we have Joshua, and so who does a lot of technical stuff. It wouldn't be me, gang. But it's Joshua, and he has the chore sometimes of trying to teach me. But uh, but that we are tech savvy, and that this is the modern world that we live in. And I think we need to let our community know that we're there. You know, we we're already pretty tech savvy iPad for them to sign in for classes, a TV for them to be able to watch, watch. and things. Yeah, yep. all those sorts of things that make it just easier to get back on that map. I, I like it. See, I'm, I'm glad we went. These are things that are like, oh yeah, you know, um, but maybe we don't always always get to. Um, so, uh, let, let's see, my kind of craziest uh, one. If I had uh, an ideal dojo what i would really really like um well let me get my train of thought back because i had it and that is uh and then it went away oh um so i would like to have appropriate office space that's something that i think gets overlooked you know because i remember when our when we first opened our original dojo, we had the mat we had a desk it was all one big open area there was no office I don't know if you've ever tried to sit in on a meeting to talk to someone about a program when there's yelling and screaming and yeah and all this noise in the background. It just it's hard. Having a dedicated office, hey, come with me into my office. Comfy chairs, you know, for a very inviting environment, a window so they can still look out at their kid in class if it's a parent signing up, but a good nice comfortable inviting office space i i hate offices and i hate desks because of kind of the way it feels so even if it was just like the office was on the side of a wall and it would felt less you know formal but it does need to be there that way you can sit in and have a conversation with someone this might not even be a parent signing up or themselves signing up this might just be hey i need to sit in and have a chat with this student in a comfortable environment Without all the distractions, mm-hmm. uh, without all the noise, so that that would be really really nice. And uh, and you say appropriate office space, which I think is great because also having maybe a couple different offices for you know different instructors and staff members. Ideally, you know, depending on the size of your dojo, everyone could have an office. If we're talking about our wildest dream here. 
But even like a room where like there could be one office mm-hmm. where we record our podcast out of, because I mean we we currently like this episode we're just at uh, your house right now, Kevin, recording. But if we could have an area when we have guests like Miss Deb on to record at our dojo and have that more kind of central location Ooh. would be great. So, because this just popped in here, so like maybe even a secondary or I guess tertiary mat space mats on the wall doubles as a studio sure for yeah. recording video oh okay i love this one. podcast yeah. i had a know. similar idea for my my last pick but i'm going to change it to that have the either the right amount of equipment or the right setup area that you can you know record podcasts you can record videos whether it's you know an instructional video or even like a funnier like skit like video you know, all these different media projects I'm working on have maybe, like you say, one mat space that can double as that or a small separate area that can be kind of the studio room. Right. Well, having those mats on the wall gives good acoustics and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of what you were going with to show that we're modern, you know, videos of our curriculum and techniques for the students to watch and study. Mm-hmm. It would be nice to have a room like that where we can record it. Um, and without, you know, the lighting's terrible right now because of the time of day, so I can't, you know, film it here, film it there. No, studio Absolutely. Room. And mm-hmm. as we get into some of our general stuff, I think almost necessary with that is towards the front of your dojo near Deb's Big TV is a media corner or a media wall where you can have another TV like playing a recent video we uploaded on YouTube sure. to have all our flyers for events up to have a couple bookshelves. Like I would love a library mm-hmm. uh, with martial arts books and mm-hmm. otherwise books uh, for, you know, students who are there to read, you know, building more off of that community things I've been adding in a lot. And uh, it helps with that studio area we have because now the content we make we have a place where people can see it uh, and all of that. So a designated area for all sorts of media, flyers, a bulletin board, all of it. Yeah. And yep. I, we got like a little area at our current place, but I've quickly realized like even more area would be great for that because there's a lot of things to, you know, for us to show off there. A media area. Media yeah. area. Media area. Where you can charge your... Another okay. one we've talked oh, a lot. Oh, yeah. Charger. Chargers. Chargers. Chargers somewhere for computer, phones, iPad, mm-hmm. whatever. I think that could even go back into like a multi-purpose study area as well. Sure, yeah. For yeah. the instructors and office or kitchen. Sure. Uh, but no, another one we keep talking about for our new place is also a retail shop. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of in the same vein of being up there front for people to see what you have going on. Right. I was uh, going to bring that up. That yeah, way. go yeah. ahead. If you want to talk about it more. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, it would, so people can see, like, all right, here's our uniforms that we have, you know, T-shirts, sparring gear, weapons, if, you're, if your school does weapons, if they want to buy any home training bags and things like that. Um, a lot of schools call it a pro shop, uh, but really it's just a place to display uh, the things that you can purchase to help your martial arts out and to help you practice at home and things like that, which I think is also a very, it's... A lot of martial arts schools know about it, but I think a lot of people, when they sign up, it's not something they readily think about outside of a uniform. They think, well, i got to have a uniform, but there's sure. a lot of other things that can go into, not just that you need sparring gear, 
athletic guards mouthpiece, but things you can get for home. You can get a bag at home. You can get uh, training gear at home. Mm-hmm. You could, you know, you can get a in, shield for a home. A shield. Hand in, mitts for home. Instructional videos, mm-hmm. books, like you said, for All a library. Some, sure. some to. Read there, some to buy. Even like having a space for all of our testing prep sheets to just be sitting and students can take. Yeah. Having those print ahead of time would make so much a lot easier for us. And having a place where we can direct students to pick them up or even just grab them ourselves and hand to them. Cool. And I and I think we've kind of last few minutes entered a lightning round of any just other things we forgot here. I think we have to be really conscientious for a new building to have the gallery or where the parents and guests sit so they can have unobstructed view of their child. I did get a seating area earlier, so so we've covered this one. Yeah, sort of, but also to make sure that that it's comfortable. We have comfortable chairs. We don't have comfortable chairs. You know, sometimes our chair, you know, some chairs can be comfortable and some not so, you know. (laughs) Yeah, our Uh, current chairs, I had to sit in them last week. And make sure there's, there's not obstacles between them and filming their child or taking a picture of their child so um, that open area between right. that they can get up easily move without being disruptive to the class right they can if they need to take care of a, a younger sister or brother or they need to go to the restroom that they can get up and move freely without causing distraction and this is probably in design but uh adequate and easy access to restrooms. Yeah, I was going to say uh, yes. and things like that. So mm-hmm. parents can get to a restroom without having to step on the mat. Kids can get to it easily, stepping off the mat without disrupting anything. And, mm-hmm. and on restrooms, I, I got to interject. Good restrooms. I'm tired of all these public places with these <laughs> flimsy doors and bad locks and like a foot under it that you can see people's feet. Like, let's get actual bathrooms that <laughs> yeah. are you know private. Because at our current place, we have three bathrooms, and they're just single stall. Mm-hmm. So there's just a toilet and sink in each one. So even if we have multi-stall bathrooms, you know, make them bathrooms that have full rooms and not these flimsy doors that you see and, you know, urinals on the wall, like real bathrooms. And it would be mm-hmm. also nice if you have multiple stalls to have some that are designated for kids and some for adults. That sure. way, kids who are not quite tall enough don't make a mess of them. <laughs> yes. That would be uh. <laughs> helpful, yes. You know, and you I know. think it also would be nice, and to have one that is big enough for disabled for assisted. Yeah, and I think you're required by law to yeah, have that now. That, so yeah, yeah, we, we you should anyway. Okay, yeah. Again, by by law, this next one also be required. But uh, I'd say at least three points of entry and exit, and you, you're going to want most of those locked. But I always feel more comfortable in a room or a building with a back exit, too. You know, sure. fire hazard, it's, you know, required sure. by law. But also just safety. And since we're ta- in the business of self-defense, if there's ever a problem near the front door, you want to be able to get the kids out the back door safely. Correct. Mm-hmm. So right. Three, at least three points of entry. Easy access mm-hmm. uh, to all of it. Uh, any, anything else? Let's see. Just real quick here. Uh, for us, I, I mean, I prefer having higher ceilings. Um, for those schools that have ever trained with a bow staff, clonk. And with that air conditioning, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. without air conditioning right now, we would be miserable. Uh, I, I mean, I get it. Uh, some schools will be like, no AC, you train and you sweat. Yeah, open up the door. <laughs> well, you get you get one good class in and then you're done, I suppose. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Signage outside the building, uh, 
for people on the street mm-hmm. to see. Yep, people got to know where you're at. Yeah. Absolutely. Doesn't do a dojo any good if people can't find you. Yep, appropriate signing, uh, air conditioning, again, being a modern place, multiple points of entry, exits. Mm-hmm. Um, water fountain. Water fountain. Water again, we actually, that's something we've been talking about. That's another thing that's required to have is a water sure. fountain. You know. School should have that. Depending on the size, you may want to. Yep. Um, that are that are nice and clean. Good chairs. Um, probably like a reception place for when people come in. It doesn't have to be like an office, but just, you know, a nice area to greet people. That way they're just not immediately walking in and stepping on a man. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, some kind of greeting area to talk to new people and interested like that. Oh, I heard someone, one of our other instructors, mention a projector. I'll go ahead and add that on here. Sure. I think we, yeah. we, we've yeah. listed a lot of TVs throughout this. <laughs> We're very into TVs at the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, apparently so. so but, <laughs> projector, yeah, TV projector. to have. Another projector, TV. Yeah. Uh, one thing, and I had not ever thought about it, but the last time I I was at my particular gym uh, doing some strength training was a debilitator on the wall. Oh, you know, proper first aid area, yeah. Proper I'll first aid, and I'd never even thought about aid. it. Yeah. No, I mean, at that, all. Yeah. Now, again, that equipment-wise, it's something that we have. I know we have a little first aid kit and things like that. Sure. In the back, but, yeah, a de- defibrillator Yeah, but that was like that. on the wall, front and center. No, nah, that's, that's smart. All right. That's really good. So, and I'll, I'm going to put these in the description of this podcast episode, but I'll review everything we've said today. Hanging heavy bags, mat space, two extra mat spaces, pads on the wall, showers, a seating area slash study room, headache bag, adequate parking, uh, outside amenities, kitchen, bags, targets, pads, mitts, just all your equipment, a training corner with TV and table, a big TV at the front of classes, appropriate office space, a studio room, uh, then a media area, retail pro shop, lockers and shelves, comfortable chairs, restrooms, three points of entry, high ceilings, AC, signage, water fountain, reception desk, projector, and proper first aid. We're greedy. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, well, that, that's ideal. the dream dojo. This is dream ideal. Dojo. Ideal. It's our dream dojo. We, yeah. we forgot to add ourselves in there. I think we would yes, really yeah. add to the the you know aesthetic of it if you had us or at least clones of us. I don't know. <laughs> I got a survey response once. We were asking students how we could improve the look of our dojo, and they just said, remove Joshua. <laughs> so uh, I gave that uh, kid the... Appropriate amount of beatings for that. Just don't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah. And he's one of our joke. black belts now. It was a joke. I mean, he yeah. did that. That did actually happen, but it happened as a joke. And <laughs> yes. and if I was going to be really luxurious, I'd say, ooh, a hot tub <laughs> and an ice bath. <laughs> a guest bedroom. A guest bedroom. <laughs> yeah, you Annex. know. Right. But no, I, I I think this is all great. A swim pool. And we're gonna get. I think a lot of this at our new facility, which is just really exciting as we're moving. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. a few of the more out there items that may not happen at least right away. Yeah. But, you know, super excited for a new place. And, you know, the dojo is such an important part of martial arts. It's where we train. It's our home. It's the home of our community. So you want to you want to put a lot of care into it. And when you walk in to see a, a dojo, you can tell whether the instructors, the team, the people there care about their dojo or not 
So if you're out there and you're, you know, a student at a dojo, help out wherever you can to take care of it. You know, it's as simple as just don't throw your shoes wherever when you walk in. Put them where they belong. And to, you know, if you're running a business or you're an instructor, take the appropriate amount of time to keep it clean, to keep it orderly. It's not as hard as it seems. Uh, unless it seems really easy, then you're probably about right. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, I've really enjoyed talking about this. It's just a really fun episode, and of course, it was great having you on, Deb. So thanks for being here today. I appreciate the time and effort you guys put into all this thinking uh, and doing. So I'm I'm just glad to be a part of it. So oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, any closing thoughts, Kevin? Um, the only closing thoughts I had were remember cleaning supplies and my toaster plushie. Oh yes, cleaning supplies yeah. and toaster make sure plushies. those get added yeah. in we'll the comments. Have to work on that. Um, Sweet. but no, I think you summed it up. Thank you so much, uh, Miss Deb. I'm really excited for this podcast. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoy listening to it. If you guys have any feedback or questions, always post them in the comments. Let us know. We're open books. We're always open to answer anything you got. We'd love to hear from you all. We're planning on one more episode in season one, uh, and then we'll be back swinging for season two soon. We're already talking about ideas for, you know, more episodes. So let us know if there's any episode you want to hear us cover, a topic you want to hear about. Uh, Again, uh, let us know. Leave a comment. Uh, We'd love to hear back from you all. And if any of you want to know why I still do what I do at my age or any other questions you might have about the women's kickboxing program at Integrity, by all means, please let me know. I'll be happy to answer any of your questions. Keep kicking. For a living.